0: You're listening to The Electric Surge Network. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman and welcome back to a whole new year of the 430 movie. This week, it's New Year's resolutions, with your favorite 430 movie hosts, Steve Melching. Happy New Year. Darren
1: Docterman. 21, 21, 21.
0: (laughs) And last but not least, Ashley Edward Miller.
2: Happy New Year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, we made it, guys. We made it to 2021. Yeah, I can't believe it. Thank God, everybody's good and healthy. Yeah, but you know what would be As weird?
2: Would be weird, like we're kind of recording this now. Like, if one of us, well, yeah, I mean that's you a know what?
3: I just told you,
0: <laughs> like we're gonna record this, like we're in 2000, and you blow the illusion. It took you 20 seconds myself. to it's, blow it's the not illusion. Twenty anymore? Twenty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like Ash- we're going to Ash- pretend spoiler, that Miller. it's january when this airs but now then you can't even re-editing maybe oh. in case we're no, right we're, we're not ready we don't re-edit once we start us. we don't stop there's no stopping the... there's no stopping the train we're like silver streak <laughs> we don't stop so don't no stop, anyway. stop now i'll talk about the fact that what today is is the 45th anniversary of the release of the black hole yes yes we all know so for all of you at home I want you to, I want you to get out of your seats. I want you to reach out and turn on Disney+. Pete, no, no, it's want you great to, to see that you that after stuff. 45 years. It's as if millions of voices know. suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. Because Ashley is going to tell you, we're actually recording this in 1979. That's right. have <laughs> just been waiting Dude, to air that it. would be awesome. <laughs> we're recording this so fast. We've traveled back in time.
1: To well, that's the only time that we can possibly talk about the black hole and be excited about it
0: that's not true (laughs) no no you you don't give it enough credit for what it did right yeah that's right you're right i don't (laughs) okay so what is new year's resolutions about new year's resolutions is a show in which we're going to each pick a movie and the others don't know what they are in which which we've never seen, a movie classic we've never seen that we resolved to, to to watch, and so we're going to reveal a movie that heretofore we had never seen that we watched over the holidays, right? And are now going to uh, program that as part of the four thirty movie. So it'll be very interesting to see what these classic films are that somehow were missing from our uh, repertoire okay. of, uh, of movies that we had not been exposed to. We, we all have, we have our blind spots. We, we all have our we we are, we're cinephiles.
3: Do. We are students of film history, but everyone has their blind spots.
0: Last year, we we picked a film for each for each other which was very nice It's sort of secret santa this year we're doing New year's resolutions where we pick the film for ourselves so it'll it'll be interesting to see i think we were all very happy with the films we got last year you know steve
1: i've watched movies before and i don't recall ever having a blind spot
0: before i don't know about any blind spots before we we program our week and reveal our picks I want to ask you, uh, obviously, uh, hopefully 2021 is the year we go back to the movies, back to the theaters. Uh, wh- what are you guys looking forward to in 2021, Steve? I think
2: the year 2021 Ashley. is the
0: year we make contact.
3: <laughs> well, there is that strange, mysterious signal coming from Proxima Centauri. Uh, I think it's Mick Jagger,
0: honestly. And those mysterious monoliths. <laughs> yes. So, um, but is there, is there something that you're really excited about finally, whether it's something you're getting to see or something that's coming out? I mean, there's been so much that's been sitting on the shelf. I can't even remember what's supposed to be out. I I mean, it's so out of the loop.
3: You know, I, I, you know, I guess Dune is coming out eventually, or I don't know, Top Gun, or I'll
2: tell you what I'm excited about coming out. After working for two and a half years, my goddamn secret show on Netflix is finally yay, coming yay. out this year. Nice,
0: that's exciting. And right. and, and in a few weeks, you're going to be able to reveal what it is to our audience, and uh, that's really exciting stuff. Damn right.
3: I think you. I think we started on this show early in the early days of the 430 movie.
0: Yes, we did. Yes, it
3: was, did. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was October of 2018. I remember when you guys first went to to to, uh, to work on it, and uh, we, we in fact, you told us at at the studio. In fact, yeah. I remember it was before you even hired Steve. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you were telling me. I, th- I think I'm going to hire Steve." I said, "Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give Steve money." <laughs> I like money. <laughs> I like Steve. God, that was a while. <laughs> that was a while ago. That was a while ago. So, uh, that's uh, that's um,
3: TV. You know, that's this animation takes a long friggin' time, does, especially with like the COVID.
0: Yeah, especially with the COVID. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. And, uh, and I, yeah, we got the, I got the, the second season of uh, Pandora will be premiering on uh, Amazon Prime. So now you can watch it without commercials. So right. check that out. Um, and, uh, you know, Darren, you know we're going to get 100 uh, uh, Twitter uh, questions How is Is Darren uh, going to have Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition coming out this year? Please. Well, it is the
1: uh, 20th anniversary of the Director's Edition. So I think it would be a good idea.
0: It it would be a
1: great idea. I think it would be great. I think it would be, be, I'm all for it. Make
0: it so. Well, I think, I think (laughs) I'm speaking without knowing anything about what's going on. um, So I would just say traveling
1: without moving.
0: I will travel (laughs) through time, but I, but I would say that given the state of streaming and uh you know how much money's being thrown and they looking at the the Snyder cut and stuff all i can say is i think star trek the motion picture director's edition would be a good investment for something called the paramount network Param- no paramount kidding. plus so uh, I, I hope
1: you are going to have star trek movies on your star trek channel <laughs> yeah.
0: and speaking of uh star trek uh if you haven't already check out our sister show in glorious trek sports where over the last few weeks we've been counting down it felt like years, but it was only a couple of weeks. Um, the <laughs> hours could seem
1: like days.
0: <coughs> 101 High greatest sci-fi fantasy episodes of all time. It was quite a massive undertaking, as uh, Ashley and Darren will uh, attest to.
1: Nearly eight uh, hours of content.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just got the first episode delivered today. It's two and a half hours. <laughs> oh, my God, dude.
1: It's a Lord of the Rings movie.
4: That's oh. crazy. I, I know, remember when we
2: all got to Rivendell. That was cool. but
0: <laughs> This thing had more endings than Return of the King. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but uh, anyway, well, look, Let let's. this is an exciting week. So we were talking about things we're excited about in 2021, besides actually leaving your front door. Tell me, what are the things you're excited about? It doesn't have to be movies, just in general. Uh, I just want to
3: see my friends again in person and just yeah. hang out. Yes. You know. Well,
0: sorry, you're not going to get that. <laughs> well, <Forget> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we'll get the vaccine. We'll get no lieutenant yard. No vaccine,
2: yeah. <laughs> <and> no
1: vaccine. <laughs> no lieutenant
0: yard. Oh um, yeah.
1: Well, we got to round up all that ritalin.
0: You see. That's and right. That's be, right. It
1: has to be uh, processed. The Ritalin, well, You mean time. like the ADHD no, drug? No, ritalin. Ritalin from. From oh, uh, Rick
0: Wayne from Methuselah. I just think it's kind of funny. <laughs> it is kind of funny. send that little robot out. That yeah. little robot, uh, Vincent and old Bob. That They're going to be, be in uh, the M5. Another M5. Another M5. Mm-hmm. Wasn't M5. quite as, uh, as as successful as <laughs> Dr. Dexter was <laughs> hoping for. Oh, wait. Oh, so or Flint. Captain Dunson. But it
1: was successful at
0: straining pasta clearly yeah. very 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 good at that in fact that would probably be a good thing to use m5 for because you know flint was uh also uh in a previous life um emerald stewart. martha stewart Martha would be amazing in addition to, to uh da vinci and uh, brahms he was also martha stewart <laughs> All right, you got um, too
1: much Star Trek in your
0: four thirty movie, folks. I yeah. know that's true. There are a lot of people that don't listen to this for Star Trek; they listen to it for movies. So why don't we get going with Steve Melching? Steve, New Year's resolutions. What was your pick? This is
3: uh, this was this is tricky because you know, I mean, I went I went to film school. I saw tons of movies in film school, and you know, go to film festivals, and you know, I, I see a lot of movies. But, you know, like everyone, I have my blind spots. And at first, my strategy was to go back through the movies we've talked about on the 430 movie and look for somebody's picks that I had not seen before. Because mm. there are, you yeah, know, I probably got a, at least a dozen here um, that I haven't seen that you guys have talked about. But then I thought, we've already talked about those movies, so I'm not going to do that. Mm. Uh, then I looked uh, I looked for some some sort of famous uh, films that were gaps in my in my uh, cinema uh, learning. And and a lot of them just seemed like maybe a little too, I don't know, uh, hoity-toity or, I don't know, ar- artsy-fartsy for the 430 movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I settled on one that uh, has been on a lot of top 100 lists. Uh, it is an Academy Award winner. Um, and it's a movie that came out Uh, that I missed, I think, for two reasons. One, because it came out during a very busy time in my life when it was difficult for me to get to movies. And secondly, because I think there's something about the marketing of this movie that just rubbed me the wrong way. And I felt like I I knew what the movie was and I didn't particularly need to see it. So I didn't. And and despite the fact that it was a very successful movie, uh, both financially and, um, you know, uh, at the awards, uh, I just never... Caught up with it because it's a movie that wasn't maybe super accessible, although it's not like it's out of print or anything like that. And thankfully, this last year, a new 4K uh, edition of the movie came out. So I ordered it, and uh, I do not have a 4K player, but it has a Blu ray disc in it. And the Blu ray disc is not of the release version of the film, I discovered too late. It's of the director's cut. Um, So I watched the director's cut of this movie that was put together uh, in 2002. So anyway, my movie, my pick, the movie that I've never seen is 1988's Cinema Paradiso.
4: Presenting Cinema Paradiso, the Academy Award winner for Best Foreign Film. Every night, the streets were empty. Because inside, lovers held hands. Children laughed and the routine of everyday life was forgotten. Because here at the Cinema Paradiso, someone is making their dreams come true. In this little town, the movies are more than just entertainment. They're a way of life. But to this little boy, they are life itself. For the Cinema Paradiso gave this little boy a father, a lover, and a future. Cinema Paradiso, where a young man shared his magic with the town he loved. Cinema Paradiso, the Academy Award winning picture for best foreign film, capturing the highest box office gross since my life as a dog. The film Siskel and Ebert gave two thumbs up and Rolling Stone called magic, romantic, and fun. Cinema Paradiso, a celebration of youth, friendship, and the everlasting magic of the movies.
3: Which uh, uh, directed by Giuseppe Tornatore, uh, uh, Tornatore, uh, and uh, it, it's a, a, a classic foreign film. And I, I think the the advertising that rubbed me the wrong way was like, oh, it's the story of this kind of cute little Italian moppet in the post war Italy, and he develops a heartwarming relationship with a cranky projectionist, and discovers the his love of cinema. Like, okay great you know i know that just didn't particularly appeal to me uh so then i I finally watched the movie and it yes of course that's a major element of the movie but you know i had no idea that a good major chunk of the movie takes place after this kid grows up and is a teenager and has become the projectionist and the director's cut i don't know has anyone else seen the director's cut Mm -hmm. i haven't even seen the not director
0: Oh okay. well, Steve, if I may, um I also have not seen cinema paradise. Are you kidding? And 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 I purchased the 4K directors, it, I did the same thing. I got the 4K and realized the director's cut and have not yet watched it. It is not my pick, thankfully, this week. Thank god. But it is on my, my shelf. It came very close to being my pick, and w- thankfully it was not. But um, but yeah, I so I can't really help you with this. Okay, well then then that that helps me. So
3: I won't spoil. I'll talk about it without spoiling it because it's a terrific movie. But it's it's not. Aaron, you've seen it though. I have not. Oh, oh, what? No. Oh. <laughs> it's a quad Wow! Like I thought, I was going a little a little more mainstream uh, on on this pick. Because it's, it's you know as as far as foreign films go, Cinema Paradiso is one of those ones that.
1: More people have seen. I the think, thing you know. is, I think we were probably all pretty busy in 1988. I was in the middle of film school, and I just yeah. even though I, you know, yeah. I was seeing, I was plenty figuring of films. out
3: how to
0: talk to chicks. So <laughs> I actually, actually did th- see uh, Roberto Bernini versus um, Roberto Bernini.
3: <laughs> I want to make love to you by a river. Well, uh, you know, there's there's another major element of this movie aside from the relationship between the kid uh, and the projectionist is uh, there's a love story that I didn't know about. And the, w- during the teenage years, uh, the main character, Salvatore, uh, falls in love with the new girl in town. And you know, she's from kind of a bourgeoisie family. And, and her father doesn't really want her hanging around with the poor little you know kid whose father died in the war and is poor and you know, works at the, at the little cinema house. And but they they fall deeply in love and um, it it ends sadly and then there's a whole other chunk of the movie that's the director's cut. They Harvey Weinstein cut out 51 minutes of this movie. The direct, otherwise
0: known as Harvey Scissorhands. Yes,
3: the movie the director's cut is nearly three hours long, and there's a whole third act of the movie that revolves around the adult present day version of Salvatore coming back to the small town and reuniting with a lot of the people that are still there. And we learn why the uh, his romance, his budding romance uh, with Elena uh, failed. And it's it's really sad. <laughs> it's really kind of heartbreaking. And I gotta say that that element of the movie stuck with me. It put me in this funk that lasted like hours like I was just like thinking about like, you know, that sort of misconnections and like, what if, you know, cause I think we all have those stories when we were kids or teenagers or whatever, you know, what if I had called that girl that I had a crush on, you know, or what, what if I went to that event and, and met, met someone special, you know, it, like the roads not taken sort of thing. And uh, it was, it was very you know, sort of moving and thought provoking uh, to me that way. Um, although the, the movie, I have not seen the release version of the movie that doesn't have any of that. So that whole sort of doomed romance is just left in the past as sort of a, a wist, wistful remembrance. So nobody gets any kind of closure. Um, and and I know a lot of critics have don't like the release version. They feel that uh, it was actually a good idea that they cut all this stuff out of it. And I, now once I get a 4K player, I will watch the release version and come to my own conclusion. But anyway, it's a, it really is a more, there's more to Cinema Paradiso than you might th- th- think based on how the film is, is, is sold, is more marketed. Hmm.
0: Wow. Uh, what an interesting choice. And obviously, what a, a, a sort of a beloved modern classic. And it's amazing to me that none of us, none of us have seen it. I mean, <laughs> there it was, so yeah, was so much hype around it. Yeah, there was so much hype around it. Is, I,
3: I, I thought all you guys would have seen this thing because I, oh, like, I, like, I felt like I was the only person that I know that had never seen this movie.
0: And it celebrates movies. You would think yeah. a movie that celebrates movies is something that we would all obviously be drawn to. Um, and for and for the longest
3: God. time, I'd never seen Risky Business, and that was like a running gag. People used to give me crap, "How hey, you never seen Risky Business? It's a classic." How did 80s. you never
0: see Risky? I never see Risky Business.
3: I, I, I didn't like the marketing. Tom Cruise and the tidy whitey's Like, I don't want to see that. Risky Business is a great movie. Well, I, I've seen it since, movie. and yeah, oh, okay, great. okay, it's, it's great. So I, you
0: like it now, right?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I just there was like you know for like the twenty years after it came out, I never saw it.
0: Well, I saw it with my mother. Oh, my God. I actually saw it with a bunch of friends and my mother. But um, the train uh, scene must have been fantastic with mom. It was a little mortifying. Yes. But I boy, I love, uh, you know, and and you could use a good man like Joel. (laughs) Princeton could use a man like Joel, Um, you know, and that is definitely a movie that uh, should go on our movies that were on HBO Every day, I didn't have HBO. Oh, no. I, yeah, I mean, that's that. another reason why I didn't
3: see it. Like I, you know, I didn't like those kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know. It just wasn't. It wasn't a movie that appealed to me. I didn't like time. good
0: movies. But- I didn't like cool movies. I man, I love Risky Business. That was like one of my favorite movies in high school. Still, I just uh, because it's elevated teen comedy. You know, it's like it's not like I hated stuff like Porky's. You know, and my sh- chauffeur and all that. You oh, know Porky's that low rent good, crap, dude.
2: I, I think uh, you give Porky short trip. And, and, and I, is, I mean, we can have that conversation. I, I hated it all that, that stuff, but so. man,
0: Risky Business, you know, Paul Brickman, it's shot beautifully. That Tangerine Dream, dream, dream score. score, great cast, you know, um, great lines. Who's the U-boat commander? I mean, I know, I think I picked it for uh, a yeah. uh, teen week, uh, high school week. And I picked yeah. it for high school week. Um, so I'm not going to, um, uh, you know, go through it again, but uh, boy, I love uh, Risky Business. I'm glad that you finally saw it.
1: <laughs> well, let's hear it I for the believe- little
0: enterprisers. <laughs>
1: That?
0: <laughs> so anyway, okay, well, Cinema Paradisa.
4: <laughs> <laughs> See
0: it. <laughs> I feel like we're Cinema paradiso So thumbs up. See it. Um okay. So that brings us now to Tuesday. And Darren Doctorman. Tuesday. Did you also approach this like Steve, where you wanted to pick a film that uh, you hadn't seen that was on the show? No. Or were you looking okay? No. There you go. What what the way I did it was I started going through the lists of stuff
1: that was available on streaming I started looking through you know uh, the classic movie lists or you know uh, all the all the sort of you know dramas and things that I you know never really gravitated toward um, and I think I finally found it on uh, HBO max uh, and it's interesting because it was it was uh, it was sort of the talk of uh, all of uh, You know, serious Hollywood back in 1980 when it came out. And, uh, you know, uh, it was very serious, very, you know, actor based, uh, very well written, very well directed by a first time director uh, named Robert Redford. Mm -hmm. And it wound up winning the best picture for. I have seen it in 1981. Uh, and that movie is called Ordinary People.
4: In this typical town, in this comfortable home, three ordinary people are about to live an extraordinary story. But starting all over again. The lying, the covering up, the disappearing for hours. I will not stand for it. I can't stand it. I really
1: can't. of psychiatrists are here. They all believe in dreams. I
2: do believe in dreams, only sometimes I want to know what's happening when you're awake. I don't want to see any doctors or counselors. This is my family. And if we have problems, and we'll solve those problems in the privacy of our own home. Conrad!
4: I knew something was wrong even before he tried to uh, kill himself.
0: I think it is a very private matter.
4: You never came to the hospital. No, so how the do you comrad, know about the hospital? Your did come to the hospital, comrade, and you know that. I just don't know how to deal with it anymore.
1: Why are you hassling me? Huh? Why are you trying to make me mad? Why are you, you mad? No!
2: Yes. Oh my god, so good, dude.
1: Mm. Just so wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I had always sort of steered clear of it because all the, the the descriptions of it felt like a really turgid, horrible time at the movies. And I was not disappointed. <laughs> However, um the performances are amazing. The problem is, I hate all these people. <laughs> but, you but, never they, thought, you
3: never thought you could hate Mary Tyler Moore. I it's, know it's, that's it's, what's it's so amazing, amazing about, chilly, about it. a mo- chilly, a chilly mother.
1: <laughs> she is an absolute stone Monster? cold biatch. Yeah. yeah. And she does an amazing job uh, portraying that. And I'm wondering if Grant Tinker knew that side. I just don't know. <laughs> But she is amazing. Um, the funny thing is that Donald Sutherland, who plays the father in the film, is playing a you know a very sort of a good-natured uh, character. He he cares about his family. He cares about his son. He cares about basically everyone. But the problem is the nature of of Donald Sutherland as an actor makes me think he's out for evil. <laughs> 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 so I don't trust anything he's saying. Or he's
0: a pod person. <laughs> well,
1: that too, but it's 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 very interesting because the personalities of the actors themselves mm. are influencing my reaction to the film. They're they're personas that they bring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're so huge that it's it's tainting everything. Um, Judd Hirsch is in it. He is uh, a, a psychiatrist and, and a taxi he, driver. Well, see. He wasn't yet,
0: <laughs> but... Um, not a taxi driver. Uh, yeah, he looked right. like he didn't pick up Jody Foster. Yeah, yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> Although that would be an interesting matchup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, Jody Foster was in my cab. <laughs> the, the Muppets' taxi driver with Kermit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you look all at me. You're all talking the, to me. You're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You must be talking to me. There's no one else
1: here. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> there you go, Muppet fans. There's oh, one yeah. flag. Right. So I I start watching this film, and it is very much what I expected it to be. Basically, a of a, a very uh, sort of stage play interpretation of this uh, of this novel uh, by Judith Guest, uh, with a screenplay by Alan Sargent, who I knew from. What about Bob? Also a very psychiatrist-based movie. And I think he had a sort of uh, a strange attachment to psychiatry and uh, sort of delving into that world because there was a lot more of it in the What About Bob script that was cut out. Anyway, there's plenty of it in Ordinary People. And, uh, you know, there are the, uh, the expected scenes of the breakthroughs and breakdowns and uh, you know, really emotional uh, dealings between all of the characters. And the scenes between the family are great. And it seems like that was where the most attention was paid to it. However, there are other scenes uh, dealing with uh, uh, Timothy Hutton's uh, school uh, uh, friends, and a, a girlfriend that, he's, uh, uh, that he is uh, starting to see uh, who, uh, is played by uh, Elizabeth McGovern which is interesting because I've been rewatching Downton Abbey and and, and she of that's course Elizabeth Montgomery never mind sorry no that's Elizabeth M- Montgomery um but she plays the sort of the the wife of the uh the master of the house and she's you know uh, much more seasoned now but she's a teenager in this and it's very odd because I I can't stop seeing that other character <laughs> Lady um, yes Lady Grantham um but it's uh, it's interesting because the other the scenes that are not between the family members themselves or uh, the family members and Judd Hirsch seem kind of flat and added on, and it's very it's very odd because it seems like th- that not a lot of attention or 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 concern was paid to those because perhaps they were you know not as uh, interesting. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but as i was watching it i felt very uneven about the whole thing uh primarily because as i said before i don't like any of the characters you know on a personal level they they are uh you know mostly uh rich uh people who you know live in the uh, upper uh upper uh sections of chicago and uh they're not very pleasant and they're not very um I don't know, maybe I'm just so disconnected with it because I, I don't really know any people like that, but it didn't convince me that they were real. It convinced me that they were sort of someone's idea of what those people might be like. So I don't know, it wasn't reaching out to me. Um, in the end, I, I enjoyed watching the film. I enjoyed watching the performances. And there are some moments that are very, you know, that are very uh, devastating and emotional. But it just didn't. It didn't pull me in, and it's a very interesting thing. And I, I I'd like to find out more of why it didn't, because there's no, there's no, uh, you know, real reason why it didn't. But it's a very interesting thing. And I, I, I watched it completely awake. I didn't, you know, I, I was, I was very uh, fresh, and I, I watched it with clear eyes. You weren't super oh. high. I'm never super high. Okay. <laughs> Just on right. life, just on life, and uh, and movies, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So and, and you know, it it won four Academy Awards at the nineteen eighty one uh, award ceremonies.
0: Well, I got a funny story about ordinary people. Did you Please. see it with your mom? <laughs> no, no, I did not. I was dating a girl who said that in order, I, I was supposed to meet her family for the first time, and she said. Understand um, her family and her her whole relationship with her family. Oh, I had no. to watch Ordinary People, oh, God, and man. I said I would, I would, I would, uh, you know, try and get around. She said, "No, you have to watch it now." Wow. And this is before streaming and everything. I don't remember. I had to go out to like the freaking video store or whatever and get this fucking movie. And uh, <laughs> and 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 it's like, and then she called. Have you watched? Have you watched the movie yet? Have you watched the movie yet? Have you watched the movie yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I finally watched the movie. And I'm like, "Oh my god, I need to break up with this girl now." Yeah, it was it was terrifying. And the, did the you irony ask her? It, did you ask her if she was the dead sibling? Well, the, the irony is now she's a very successful psychotherapist. Oh, um, that's fascinating. <laughs> but wow. um, but uh, but yeah, I, I that was why I saw. I would you know, and it's it's interesting because of course, you know, obviously it's no secret. Everybody listens to the show. You know, that I'm a big fan of Woody Allen, and so of mm-hmm. course. You know, I I come from that whole uh, Jewish family side of things, which is nothing like the Robert Redford waspy side of you right. know, depicted in in Ordinary People. So I'm not used to these cold, icy families i'm used to sort of families that yell and scream at right, each other, right and, and 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 uh families and, that and, have no problem with expressing emotion <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly the most unvulcan like of, uh, of families so uh, i found this almost like anthropology um and uh I, again i you can't argue with the fact that it's a very well-made and well-crafted film absolutely um but yeah i i had so cold dare i say frigid uh, that, uh, you, um, uh, would, um, it's, it's, it's very, it's very difficult to appreciate beyond the artistry of it. Yeah. I, I, I rise in the defense
1: of ordinary people.
2: I, um, I love this movie and I think that it is, it's so devastating and it's, it's so honest. Um, it's just, you don't, you don't watch this movie and go, ah, I watched a movie. Like, you know that you watched that movie, um, and I think in 1981 there really hadn't been anything that was that was quite like that. Um, it, the you know the the emotions behind that film and in that film are so raw that they only work in a family that has difficulty expressing emotion. Um, you know, and it's it it's one of those films that's had like a, a massive impact on me it's like I, you know it's funny I mentioned before that my show was dropping and, and Mark, I feel like I'm Mark Altman's all of a sudden but um <laughs> but you're, you're but, that's you that's know, a good that, thing Ashley
0: that's a good it's, thing it's a
2: very good thing but it's like I I you know we'll talk more about it when it comes out but like but there's there's weirdly there's a lot of ordinary people in that show um it, it, my god Sally Field she's a nightmare she's a horror but she's a recognizable horror to me.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Um,
2: wait.
1: Sally uh, do I Field? say
2: Sally Field? God damn it. You know what
1: I mean? Like, no. anyway. Yeah. No, so, what did you mean? Mary Tyler Moore? Yes, thank you. Because Same thing. No. Same thing. Here's the funny thing. Because that's, that's uh, Sally Field's in another movie like this. Mm-hmm. And I forget the name of it, but there's another movie okay. that is like this that is Terms of Endearment. Yes, exactly, and I've never seen that one Which either.
0: I don't love, by the way, and I can't, I can't tell the, I, I couldn't tell it's the difference. It's a cancer movie. It was a, yeah, a cancer, cancer movie. movie now, a I like, don't love Terms of Endearment either, and I yeah. don't love Kramer versus Kramer. Right, and I really need to see Shoot the Moon. Yeah. Like, but all I do fun.
2: love Ordinary People, and
0: I do love Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, but like Kramer versus you know, Kramer is good. But
2: yeah, that's just me. But like, but but come on, I mean. But what about Kramer versus Craig? I mean, she's fucking... <laughs> what is she's Kramer versus Seinfeld? She's, she's <laughs> a nightmare. She's,
0: yeah. She's like, one of the best screen villains of all time. Yes, I yeah, mean, yeah. come on. Which is what I learned about this girl's mother. <laughs> yeah, right? she's one of the best screen villains of
3: all time. You know, that's funny, because I uh, when I was dating
0: a woman I was getting
3: serious with, I, I made her watch Free Enterprise, so that when she met my <laughs> friends, she would know. And, you made her watch. <laughs> and so she, she would be how, scared. Yeah, somehow she didn't break up with me. She married me. So there you go. <laughs>
0: see, it had a happy ending. <laughs> that's so That's so funny. So oh, that's
3: I I, I want to, you know, I, I haven't seen Ordinary People. I've only seen it once, and it was probably 25, 30 years ago. And I, I mm. really liked it when I saw it. Um, and, and I haven't really thought about it much since then. And now I, I kind of want to see it again. So if you say it's on HBO Max, I, I guess I know where to find it.
1: Uh, yes, you do.
3: <laughs> on
0: HBO Max.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: now, now that it's on my Roku, that <laughs> I can. Uh, I That's can watch correct it on the Roku.
0: Yeah, I. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? This is a really interesting <laughs> week. This is a really. I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, this is a really interesting week shaping up to be, and unexpected movies. You know, given uh, you know, given how um, the slant often falls into genre. It's interesting, the two films that we've looked at so far.
3: Well, I think and by the nature of this experiment, it's like we're stepping outside our, our comfort zones because it was Absolutely. something we really wanted to see. We would have seen it. That's correct. like something That's that slipped idea. through the cracks or something it's like, yeah, I don't know, I heard it was good, but I just never got around to it.
0: But I, we all got to watch Cinema Paradiso and compare notes on that. Now, I mean, just we hit the, you know, not even the trifecta, the quadfecta, like you said. So, uh, uh, and by the way, I, you know, I don't know if you saw that David Geiler died today. <gasps> no, yeah. no, I didn't. Yeah, so which is uh, so oh. sad. So, steward of yes, the it's 2020. franchise. Boy, Ugh. 2020 just doesn't stop. Peter Lamont died this week. Yeah. Uh, the great production designer. Really sad by all, uh, everything I've ever heard about him. Is he was just a total sweetheart. Wonderful guy, Jeremy you were. Bullock. Did you work with him, Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh, no, man. I I,
1: I, did, I didn't work with Peter Lauren, but I I, him, I knew yeah. plenty of people who did, and uh, yeah, he he was, and Ugh. apparently he was an a, incredibly resilient person too, because uh, he worked with James Cameron twice. <laughs> wow! Uh, so pretty, that's yeah. uh, that's pretty amazing. Actually.
0: I also heard he had an incredible memory. Uh I have his book about the Bond movies, but he, mm. he was he apparently he just remembered every every de- like he could tell you what he has for lunch on like Goldfinger, you know, which is like amazing. Uh, so really all all very sad uh losses. So okay, that brings us to Wednesday and Ashley, and it'll be very interesting to see if if you stay in the box, go out of the box, what happens to the box, <laughs> is the box wrapped, is the box unwrapped.
2: In, in a week like
0: this, look,
2: it is. It's
0: difficult
2: to go out of the box. Now, admittedly, there are ways to go out of the box. Um, I thought about, like, well, what is it that I haven't seen that would really upset Mark? Like, on a, like, not like, a, oh, I can't believe he hasn't seen that way, but like a, oh, I can't believe he hasn't seen that. And why the f- is he talking about it? way? Um, you know, but I figured you'd seen Star 80. I love Star 80. See, there you go, now that's why I couldn't pick it because you love it. Uh, You know, all I I, I can say about my pick is, what we have here, Really? What we have on our hands is a dead shark. I'm speaking of course of Jaws the Revenge. Wow, (laughs) this is what you picked? (laughs) No, God (laughs) damn it. I'm not talking about...
0: You're talking about Annie Hall. You're talking about Annie Hall. Yes, I You're am. You're talking about I, memories.
2: I finally saw Annie Hall. A relationship is like a shark. It has, it to, has keep
0: to keep
1: moving, moving. No, no, has right. Or it
0: yeah. dies. Uh,
1: what I would give to for love. a large sock as with as horse manure in it. What midlier. do you do when you get stuck or... on a movie line
2: with a guy like this behind you?
1: Wait a minute. Why can't it's I, I give my maddening. opinion? It's a free country?
2: I, he, he can give you. Do you yeah. have to give it so loud? I mean, aren't you ashamed to pontificate like that? And, and the funny part of it is, Marshall you don't know anything about about Marshall
4: McLuhan's oh, really, work, really, really. I happen to teach a class at Columbia called TV, Media, and Culture. So I think that my insights
2: into Mr. McLuhan, well, have a great deal of validity. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, that's funny because I happen to have Mr. McLuhan right here. So, so yeah. Just let me, let me, let me come over here.
4: A second. Oh, tell him. I heard what you were saying. You, you know nothing of my work. You mean my whole fallacy is wrong. How you ever got to teach a course in anything is totally amazing. Boy, if life were only like this.
3: See, at first I thought you were going for, uh, uh, you know, what we have here is a failure to communicate. To communicate, right, that, that's yeah. what which I is thought the way would. he wants it. Yeah. Well, he gets it. <laughs>
4: no,
2: uh, that I've seen, and no man can eat 32 eggs. Let me tell you, I'm trying. <laughs> okay. 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 So let, the, let, the gas what? is just off the hook. Uh, right, let's get Hall. to the important part. Ashley yes. saw Annie Hall. Finally, uh, I, I finally saw Annie Hall. Um, other than like randomly, vaguely, sort of seeing various scenes from movies out of the corner of my eye, or watching Every re- vague memories of seeing Sleeper when I was, yeah, I just got my
0: Woody Allen cherry pop.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I mean that part I have of the, to star, tell you, the, the Star Destroyer goes over Tatooine is amazing. It is oh,
2: wait. I, I have to tell you, Mark, here is my assessment of Annie Hall.
0: Oh, I'm waiting. Are you ready? Don't say anything stupid. It <laughs> is it's awesome. Yes, uh, you could stay as my friend. <laughs>
2: Diane Keaton is luminous.
0: Very yep.
2: duh. Uh Woody Allen is very funny. Um, very relatable. I, I thought, like, I really thought going in my problem was going to be relating to Woody Allen because he's, he's so nemesh. No, it just, it works. Um, and it, here's what I think is like kind of the coolest thing about this movie. So when you meet Annie Hall, you meet her at like the nadir of her relationship with uh, with Alvi Singer, with Woody Allen's character. You don't like her, she comes in, she's negative, she's whatever. Like, he's kind of an a-hole about the whole thing. But the way you meet her, she's late. She's, like, kind of, uh eh, with him. Which is exactly the opposite of how you think that you would introduce, you know, the character. Easy
1: Excuse there. <laughs> an angel
2: just had its coffee. An <laughs> angel just kind of, just, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's the opposite of how you think you would introduce, you know, your titular character but you meet her there and what's smart about it is like you get this sense of her and you also kind of get the sense that he's kind of earned it but by starting there and then going to how they met and how sort of wonderful and weird and wacky she is you go oh I get it like the relationship with Alvy has kind of made her into this so you know from go that
0: they're wrong for each other but you also know that they're connected but here's the crazy thing ashley that was not the way it was written originally it was much more linear and it was much a much longer picture you know and and woody was making the transition from doing these big broad comedies to a more grounded movie and it was actually his editor who famously wrote the book uh, when the shooting starts the cutting begins um that you know helped come up with this way of cutting it which is why it's such a brisk 90 minutes um you know the, the non-linear structure the way that you meet annie hall and everything like that so well, that's he deserves r- a lot I mean, of the credit
2: then then god bless him because i thought that was really brilliant um i i love how um how just snappy it is um i love you know it's it's surreal without being self-indulgent it's not indulgent you know, um, it's like you—you you don't have to have. You don't have to stand in line for a movie and listen to a guy behind you talk about <laughs> Fellini, like, and think about how indulgent he is. Like, it, but at the same time, it's like it's—it's it's already in a smart way, right? Like, it breaks the fourth wall all over the place. Yep. You know, you have him talking to other characters about the movie. There's a brilliant scene where he's talking to his therapist while she's talking to her therapist. Yep. You know. And it's like, we don't, we never have sex. It's three nights a week. Like he wants to have sex all the Constantly. time. He have sex Three Constantly. nights a week. Yeah. You know, it just, it's, it's, it's so great. Diane Keaton is amazing. He's great. The supporting cast is great. And let's talk about the supporting cast. Christopher Walken as Dwayne. <laughs> I imagine the flames just <laughs> rising up from the gasoline and, 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 and Jeff Goldblum, right? Like
0: yeah. I, I forgot I, my mantra, my mantra.
2: You know, it just—it's you can't Paul, believe who Paul this Simon, movie. Shelley Duvall, right? Like it's just like I almost said Shelley Winters, but Shelley Winters and Shelley Duvall are like <laughs> and you know Shelly Hack, aren't they? She- Shelley Hack is at yeah. the end
0: where she says, "Yeah, because we're you know how do you yeah. keep your relationship? Because we're vacuous and have no yeah, idea. I don't, don't have nothing interesting to be,
2: say. Yeah. I'm pretty much the same. Well, it sounds like you worked working out. Like <laughs> it, it's great. I love this movie. It's so smart. It's so funny. It like it has so much emotion to it." You love them both. You're both, you're cheering for them. You're cheering for their relationship. You want them to figure it out in spite of the spiders and the lobsters and the other things with eight legs that crawled around. But you kind of know they don't work together. Like, it's just, it's awesome. And, you know, I remember you talking about it, Mark, and talking about how, like, well, clearly when Harry met Sally, like, was very uh, influential. Now I'm like, okay, obviously. Even to the point where the female character in um, Albie Sargent's play is named Sally which I feel like can't be an accident. Mm -hmm. Um, But I loved every frame of this movie. I am so excited that I discovered it now um, because it means that now I have a bunch of Woody Allen movies I need to watch.
0: Um, And
2: uh, it just, it it brings me joy on every level. Oh, that's
0: great. Yeah. And there's an animated sequence. There's an animated sequence.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Where it's like the the evil queen and she's got nips. It's crazy. (laughs) He's like, of course I don't (laughs) have to menstruate. I'm a cartoon character.
3: Awesome. I think you could you could sit down and watch any mo- Woody Allen movie between Annie Hall and Crimes and Misdemeanors and almost not go wrong. Mm-hmm. There's uh, only one or two in there that are tough going, but most of them are are terrific. I love this movie. Thanks. Yeah, but so I, 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 I think watch. he
0: should watch Hannah and Zelig. Yeah, and Crimes and Misdemeanors and Husbands and Wives. But well, I, you know, I will and
2: and, and if you tell me what to watch. I will watch it. Per- yeah. Purple oh, Rose so, purple oh, you know actually,
0: you know what he really should watch next. Is Manhattan. Yeah. Because, you know, he's on the whole Diane Keaton, Mm -hmm. you know, Woody Allen thing. I mean, you know, it's, and it's true. I mean, because she should be with Warren Beatty, but she's with Woody Allen. I just love
3: that scene in Annie Hall when
0: after he's split
3: with Annie and he's trying to recapture the magic with that next girlfriend with the lobsters and he's doing the same shtick with the lobsters and she's just 16 years. I don't care. Is that a joke? Yeah. Are you making, are you
2: joking with me right now? Oh.
0: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, awesome. it's, it, 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 it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great. And it's, it's a snapshot of New York of that era. I used to live um, after I graduated from college, I lived right near where some of the stuff was filmed. And, you know, I would walk down the streets, and I'd always think of Annie Hall. And um, it just it just captures New York of that era. Because, you know, obviously, there's the taxi driver version, you know, in Times Square, and then there's the Upper East Side version, which is Annie Hall you know, and uh so it's so interesting to see uh New York because you know a couple of years before it's all you know Serpico and French connection and it looks like hell on earth. <laughs> and then uh you know you get to Annie Hall and New York is like one and particularly Manhattan and New York is like magical and wonderful. Uh but I'm so glad that this was your pick. I'm equally thrilled to hear how much you like the movie. Um you know, I, I think it's it's a, a very special film and particularly for those of us who are big Star Wars fans. I know there's a lot of resentment over the years <laughs> built oh, up yeah. over this <laughs> film. Fanny so... Hall.
2: Fanny Hall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, and it's true. I mean, when you look at it, you know, it's it's not just a romantic comedy. A lot of stuff we take for granted now, but it was so groundbreaking then, you know, breaking the fourth wall, you know, how meta it was with uh Marshall McLuhan, you know, at the time. Um, that was, was awesome, it, so, you know, all, all that stuff. Um well, I did teach anything. And 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 such great, you know, just performances and you know the nonlinear structure. So that there really is um you know, a lot that was really groundbreaking and less so because that movie has been ripped off so much by so many people. Uh, and, as it's, we said. and
3: it's, you know, and it's not a happy ending. And I love that final monologue. It's just leaves it's so you great. on such that sort of bittersweet note. But perfect. Yeah. But you don't feel like, uh,
2: at the end of it, you feel yeah. like weirdly uplifted by yeah. it. Like, a good thing has happened. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that they're not together because they've had this impact on each other. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he thinks about her and the way that he does is ultimately a very positive thing and, and vice versa. You just, you feel that way. And I think that's great. Yep. Yeah.
0: And it, and it's also like their relationship too. I mean, Diane and Woody dated for a long time, and you know they still are you know very close. But you know they moved on in life. So it's 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 a great movie. I'm so glad you liked it. Which of course brings us to Thursday, <laughs> and now the ball is in my court. And I I can't give a litany of, uh, of choices because uh, <laughs> I only watch one. I watch one film. There's only one movie you've missed. So and and that film is. Um, a movie i've wanted to watch for a very long time and finally got around to seeing uh Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, we've talked about you lie. it. A lot.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, i've seen that movie once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, i no, the movies movie we've seen a lot. <laughs> I, I I you know it, 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 i don't know how this happened but Steve was there. Uh, we used to do these um Back at Comic Con, we 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 do these panels inside the writers' room with a bunch of writers and showrunners and stuff. And Ashley, of course, was there too. And um, um, uh, we do it on Saturdays at Comic Con. And uh, that on Saturday nights, we'd have this dinner at Morton's. Um, and I guess it was a couple of years ago. Ron Moore came joined us um, because he was there to promote Outlander, and he came to came to the dinner. And somehow we got in this conversation about great movies that we've never seen that we should have. And it was really funny because we had the same movies on our list. <laughs> one of them was Days of Heaven. The other one was my pick for uh, uh, tonight. Uh, and that is Harold and Maude.
4: I should like to change into a sunflower, most of all. That's are so tall and simple. What flower would you like to be?
0: I don't know. One of these, maybe.
4: Why do you say that?
0: Because they're all alike.
4: Oh, but they're not. Look, see, some are smaller, some are fatter. Some grow to the left, some to the right. Some even have lost some petals. All kinds of observable differences. You see, Harold, I feel that much of the world's sorrow comes from people who are this, yeah, allow themselves to be treated as that.
0: Uh, well, I think it's fine. Building jumbo planes. Oh yes. And uh, uh, I, uh, so I, I had never seen Harold and Maude. And, uh, but I've rectified that great oversight in my uh, movie going oeuvre. I don't cri- know if Ron Moore a- has, but he should see it.
3: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch it? The, was there a criterion disc of that that came In fact, games? there is, sir. Yes. And, and here there we it are. Is. The,
0: uh, wait, why is it always? There we go. Wait. No, no, no. There, there we is. go. There you go. So there we go. There's a criterion, a beautiful criterion release of this wonderful film from Hal Ashby. Uh, of course, this is a movie in which uh, a very a Bud Court uh, who plays Harold. Uh, he enjoys going to funerals and thinking his own death. in a way, it's kind of like ordinary people. and uh, he uh, at one of these funerals, he meets the um, uh, the wonderful uh, Ruth Gordon, who plays Maud, who's just full of uh, joy de vive and a love of life and just absolutely borderline crazy. And, and later we've to kind of find, yeah, okay, <laughs> go, it crazy. Uh, you know, it, it, she's like, um, she's like her character in Rosemary's baby, but in this one doesn't worship the devil. And um, as far as we know, yeah. <laughs> the movie is uh, directed by Colin Higgins. And I have to say, I, I made a mistake when I talked about foul play a couple of weeks ago, because of course, Colin Higgins, not Curtis Hanson was the right. director of foul play um and he wrote the script for harold harold and maude he had hoped to produce it as a play he wanted to direct it but paramount didn't think he was ready to direct it so they gave it to that iconoclastic you know uh hal ashby and anybody who knows him he's actually in the movie you know he has that long beard and he, you know he directed movies like um you know being there being and there, and, and, mm-hmm. and just really quirky odd guy and uh, we well, shot beautifully by john Alonzo. Uh, famous for such movies as *Star Trek: Generation. that's right. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> but uh, *Chinatown*, for instance, <laughs> um, and it features uh, a bunch of songs from Cat Stevens. And anyone who went to college <laughs> is familiar with the work of uh, Cat Stevens. Uh, I've always actually been a big fan of his. Um, this is a really bizarre and wonderful and quirky and delightful film. This is from the age where black comedy could be. It's shot like art, you know, it's so beautifully shot. The compositions, the look of this film, the mise-en-scene, you know, I I find that like a lot of, you know, once you get to the eighties, you know, as much as I love a lot of those John Landis comedies and stuff, everything's like a master shot and over overs. And, and, Mm -hmm. um, this movie is, is, is shot like a movie. I mean, it's stunning. Um, and it's, it's really, it's really well shot. And, um, the performances are phenomenal and uh, and it never makes you as uncomfortable as it probably should, uh, given the age difference in the relationships. But uh, Budcourt is just so terrific. Um, and he, you know, his uptight, rich, mother who is you know trying to set him up with all these girls and who's just really put off by how weird he is and um it, 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 it kind of is you know the hangover of the counterculture because this came out in 71 you know right on the heels it's you know nixon law and order it's on the heels of um you know the summer of love in 68 and and woodstock and and now it, you can sort of see you know bud court is sort of his character sort of lost because you know his mother is really uptight and you know is you could totally know voted for nixon and you know her uh, her brother his uncle is an army uh colonel who basically wants bud court i mean there's a great sequence where bud court um <laughs> is uh you know she wants him to, to go to military school and enroll you know be in the military and <laughs> him and ruth gordon concoct this way to get out of it that's just just so charming and, and delightful and i i just loved the movie. I thought it was, it was, it was great. And, you know, it's the kind of movie they don't make anymore. We say that a lot on the show, but truly this is a movie that, uh, doesn't fit in any box, even Ashley's box. <laughs> and, um, I was fascinated when I started doing a little research on the movie after I watched it, Because the best movies make you want to learn more about them. And, you know, thanks to criterion, I was able to watch a lot of special features, but apparently I guess Colin Higgins had been pitching a, um, Uh, A sequel, and there were two sequels that they hoped to do. One was Harold's story, which would have followed Bud Court, but he wanted to do this. is amazing. This would have been like the Avengers of Harold and Maud. He wanted to do a crossover, or maybe more like Wandavision. He wanted to do a crossover between Ruth Gordon's maud and richard Pryor's character from silver streak and they would work together like stealing cars and doing all this <laughs> stuff and it would be like a buddy comedy between ruth gordon and <laughs> richard Pryor. and i mean you know anybody who's seen that delicious comedy thriller uh of silver streak with patrick wagoon as the villain i mean i would have paid real money to see that with uh, Richard Pryor. And, and, I mean, and...
3: Ruth Gordon is such a screw loose in, in Harold and Maude. I mean, isn't her, one of her first scenes, she's like stealing a
0: tree or something. You're like, well, they steal a tree because it's dying. Like, yeah. in, and, and they want to put it planted it somewhere. Where it'll get enough sun yeah. to thrive. And then of course they, she's pulled over by, but she stole the car by yeah. this cop. And then she like leaves him in the dirt. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> so, and that, that cop is Tom Skerritt right. from, uh, from Alien. <laughs> uh, so, it, and picket fences yeah yeah and picket fences yeah <laughs> thanks <Darren>. yeah, <laughs> for the, young, like the, for the younger people <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah really how much younger um but it, it's it's you know some of the early choices for the role that bud court plays so marvelously and he comes across much younger and so it makes it even creepier but uh, richard dreyfus was being considered oh. uh john savage john rubinstein um some interesting interesting choices but Bud Court is just so perfect, and I think this is the role that really haunted him the rest of his career. Everyone knew him from this movie. Well, well it's, it's such the, a
1: it it's the role that kept people from hiring him. Yeah,
3: because yeah. he's so creepy. Yeah, such an yeah. indelible performance and such a a weird role in this movie. The weird relationship that I don't know it always made me uncomfortable. In a good way. Yeah. yeah. I'm well, really
0: sort I, of mortified that I said Curtis Hansen for Foul Play when it was well, Colin Higgins. I, yeah. I,
2: You know what? I think Curtis Hansen directed a version of it with Sally Field.
1: <laughs> I always, said, of, yeah. of course, Bud Court was the voice of the computer in Electric Dreams. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Madeline, I love you too. <laughs> Which is still not on Blu ray. Yeah. I don't <laughs> even think
0: it's on DVD, uh, Electric Dreams. I love which electric, is, which is interesting because it's not available on any electronic media. I wonder. if So that's... ironic. I
2: love
3: electric,
0: <laughs> <green>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Harold and Moore's is great. I again, I, I'm not quite sure why I've never seen it. Uh, I know a lot of people um, who who love this movie, and for some reason, it just eluded uh, me. And I guess you know maybe the description didn't seem that appealing. But uh, I'm so glad I watched it, and I'm going to call up Rod Moore and tell him he should watch it too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a I had a
1: girlfriend that uh, that loved this movie, and uh, that should have been a warning. <laughs> um, especially, why, especially though, because right? well, especially because she wasn't in her 70s. <laughs> uh,
4: so
1: you know, it's just one of those things. I,
0: I should have I should have known. But it's also <laughs> so subtle because you wonder how did she, you know Ruth Gordon get to be like this? And then there's a very brief moment, you know, late in the film where he looks down and realizes. She has numbers tattooed on her yeah. arm and that she was a concentration camp survivor. And like, it's that kind of thing. Blink if you could make, uh, you know, and you miss Blink it. Blink and you miss you, it, yeah. Like, and you guys know, like if you tried to do that on TV today, you know, you get the note from the network. No, she has to say, well, let me tell you why I'm <laughs> like this. It's because back when I lived in Vienna and was put in a concentration, right? you know, because what if they're, you know, they, they miss it. They don't see it. They may not what make the connection. For they second. won't know what those numbers are. I was like... I, and, and I just I liked that the movie didn't feel it needed to spell things out for you, right? Um, you know, and that that's
3: was how movies used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People went Absolutely. to movies to actually watch the movies and not right. look at their phones or, you know. And
0: and not something we didn't even talk about. I guess that much when we did our whole the future movies. You know, as much as like we may love to watch movies at home, do you watch them with the same? Um, just complete uh, rapt attention that you do in the theater. No. I gotta say, I no. don't. Like, no. I'll pick up my phone or, you know, I'll be distracted by a noise or the cat will jump on the sofa. Um, and it's not the same as in a even theater. With the, where, uh, even with
3: that, the, we talked about this a little bit. Like in the theater, I think I said, you watch the movie on its terms. When mm-hmm. you're at home, you watch mm-hmm. it on your terms. And even like, a, bit like Cinema Paradiso, that subtitle, you know, you have to be watching the screen to right. read the subtitles and know what's going on. But even then I paused it a couple of times and got up and got some snacks and to, you know, it's a different experience.
2: Yeah. I, I give it that attention. Um, but I have to make myself get yeah. that attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, but that's a, a choice. It's like, it would be so easy just to go well, whatever. And I'm kind of half-assed watching it. Um, but I just, I don't know. I mean, I guess I was just raised to sort of sit, and watch things like I I know, like, I am trying to teach my children, especially my eldest, that when we watch a movie or when we're really watching a show, like it's The Mandalorian, it's whatever, like that we're watching it. And we don't do a running goddamn commentary, like on it while we're watching it because that's rude. We don't do anything but watch
1: until it is done.
0: Although I have to say, Steve said something before we started today, which cracked me up because Um, We always encourage the kids, we say, it's very important to stay through the credits and watch the credits to honor the people that worked on the movie. It's not just the director and the writers, it's all these craftspeople. So Steve says, you know, so I'm watching The Mandalorian, and in the credits, it it says Bib Fortuna. And he's like, wait a second, Bib Fortuna wasn't in this episode? And then sure enough, there's a closing (laughs) sequence, you know, there's after the credits with Bib Fortuna and Boba Fett. And it's like, it totally gave the game away. And if I, you know, I made my kids, you know, uh, watch those credits, it would have ruined a great moment for them. I also like to watch the credits because that's sort of
3: like when you come out of the spell of the movie, Mm -hmm. especially when it's a movie with a great score, you're listening to that beautiful, that beautiful Overture score that like kind of replays the movie and like lets you transition from the dream world of the movie back to reality.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I, that's another thing I'm trying to teach Caden, is that it's not just you kind of sit and use that time to let the the movie wash over you. It's also that we are paying our respect to the people who worked I on mean, that film, yeah. you know? It's like, it's a way of saying thank you. It's like, I'm going to wait, I'm going to watch your name. Even if I have no idea who you are, like, I might watch your name, scroll by, I, I, I don't even read it, but at least I'm sitting there. I mean, maybe that's
0: just a, an artifact of working in the industry, but I've no. But it's didn't. more than that because even as a kid, I would remember, like, I wouldn't know anything about casting, but then I kept seeing Lin Master, to credit, and you know, on Superman and other things, I started to and I started to realize, like, he'd done this and he'd done that, and it's like, and then as I watched the credits, you know, I would see certain names continue to reappear on different movies, you know, and it helped with my understanding of like what people did in the industry and the kinds of films and the eras that they worked. And I don't know, I think it's, I think it's really important, but yeah, first and foremost, it's a sign of respect to the people that worked on these movies and gave and, so much. And, and oddly enough, the probably about the only
3: occasion when I do get up and leave during the credits is at the Telluride film festival that's there to celebrate these films. But mm-hmm. like, I got to get over to the other theater, for right, the next, yeah. get in line for the, <laughs> the next yeah. thing. Like I'm out. Totally. but now I you we always have felt like, bad you know, about it ideally
2: yeah ideally you'd have the tickets for the yeah. seat so you can just
0: go yeah yeah so no that but was that was always you always felt guilty because yeah you're usually in the condition where you would you know watch all the credits but as soon as the movie's over it's like right out the, the door mark's,
3: mark's always on the aisle and i'm always next to him and like okay we're out you get your stuff gathered yeah. up and you're like we're gone
0: but it's so funny because uh you know my my uh my you know like we were watching uh, mr smith goes to washington and uh Uh, my sense, you know, now conditioned by Marvel, He goes, is there a post-credit sequence? And I'm like, yeah, Mr. Smith joins the goddamn Avengers. What are you thinking? Oh, oh, Captain America. I'm like, no, there, no, there isn't one. Iron Man. (laughs) Yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's setting, it's setting up rear window. You know, suddenly he goes,
3: <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock shared universe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I watched that. In fact, there was a thing on the internet today. It was a, a great mashup of Star Wars and North by Northwest. Um, <laughs> oh, no. It was Cary Grant on the Millennium Falcon, and it was really well done. Mm. And it was funny because obviously those are two huge. Touchstones for me. Two of my favorite movies. So uh wow. I really I really enjoyed it. You should check it out. But this... keplon Solo. <laughs> <laughs> that was McClunky. Yeah, was... um, but uh but this was a great show. We should do this again. Obviously, on... there's no Friday. Right. Because... Well, you
2: know what? We should ask our viewers, our listeners. To nominate or tell us about movies that they haven't
0: seen that they wish they had, or we can encourage them to watch movies they've heard about on the show that they haven't seen and tell us. Watch it and let us know what they thought. So yeah. um, we'd love to, you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, about. But, you know, and you yeah, can go yeah, to Four Thirty Movie Podcast on Twitter or the Four Thirty Movie on Facebook.
3: And yeah, especially since you know we don't have many new movies coming out, it's a great opportunity to catch up on some classics that you mm-hmm. maybe missed.
0: And it's easier than ever. Well, we encourage you to use physical media primarily. We know it's difficult for both cost and availability, uh, but now there's never been more availability via streaming, whether it be uh, via um, uh, Disney Plus or Netflix or Amazon Prime or uh, HBO Max or the Criterion Channel. Mm -hmm. So many great ways to watch movies these days, even if you're not someone who purchases or has a library of physical media. Like we have, <laughs> right? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. No, I was happy to open the shrink wrapping on Harold and Maude. Anytime I could take the shrimp okay. shrink wrapping off
3: the shrimp, the shrimp wrap, the shrimp. I'm a big fan. I haven't seen Harold and Maude in years, but I bought that Criterion Blu-ray, and it's on my shelf, and I've been meaning to watch it again. So this is yeah,
0: and it's short. Version. You know, it's like 93 yeah. minutes. It's brisk. It you know, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. And, you know ruth gordon is just hysterical i mean she's hysterical in rosemary's baby which by the way i also neglected to mention during criterion week because it was on a different <laughs> shelf and yeah. uh, so i forgot about rosemary's baby and you know not only one of my favorite movies my favorite horror movies but also one of my favorite criterion discs i was so thrilled when they came out with it there were a couple i also charade was a criterion disc oh, i didn't yeah. mention because that was also on another shelf. Because I have like some of my favorite movies outside on a different oh, shelf in a shell. place of honor. Yeah. And then I always, so they're easily accessible. And then also, um, you know, broken, like certain directors get their own section, like Spielberg and then, you know, the Star Trek movies and all that stuff. Um, so they weren't in the criterion section. So I, I neglected right. to mention them. But this was a great, I thought this worked out, this New Year's resolution. Yeah. 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 A fun one.
3: I, yeah. yeah i've got yeah. a couple i got some more that i could hold for the next time we do this
0: fantastic i think we <laughs> all funny. do i yeah. mean they're plenty like what what's up what's a movie on the show that you've heard that you really want to watch i mean uh like i think when we did like sports
2: week i managed to not see anything that you got like the natural and like all kinds of
1: things
0: that and that
3: and
1: that
0: like oh uh, yeah those are all worth seeing yeah well, the I, one uh, one
3: that I see on here is the sure thing. I've never seen it. Before. Oh yeah. my god! Oh my god! god. I've never seen the sure you have thing. to see it. Yeah.
0: Yep. You should see that. I think anything we've said. I mean, I got to watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and Lucas, Lucas is great. So.
2: Yeah. What What I love is how Lucas shows up at the end of the
0: Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh Jesus. And on that note, thank you for joining us for the 430 movie. We'll be back with an all new episode and and welcome uh to a whole new year of 430 movie here in 2021. Hopefully a better year for everybody. And uh to our listeners, are we going to recap? Are, oh yeah, we are. Need you. We're going to yeah. recap. We're okay. going to recap. I just wanted to say I was going to say, you know, we've been getting a lot of emails from um uh, f- 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 people listen to the podcast who have lost or or had relatives who are very sick, who've talked about how much the podcasts have um, kept them uh, uh, laughing during very difficult times, and it, it really means a lot to us. You yeah. know, uh, I was saying to Darren that um, you know sometimes we joke about, oh my God, why do we do the show, or you know, it's a, so much time commitment, and we get these emails about. You know, one person was telling us about. How uh, this was on a Inglorious Trexperts, How his father was, you know, dying in the hospital, and he he wasn't even going to be able to see him, and he was waiting to hear what happened. He was in the car for three hours, and he couldn't. He wasn't even let in the hospital, and uh, you know, he listening to the podcast kept him sane for those that time that he was waiting to hear from the doctors. And we've gotten a couple of those emails now, both about four thirty movie and Inglorious Trexperts during these really tough times. How much the show has meant to them. So we just want to say to you, our audience, how much you mean to us. And thank you, you know, for, for um, all the wonderful things you've said and the support, because there'd be no point doing the show if there was no one there to hear it. So, um, <laughs> uh, so thank you. And now let's look back at our New Year's resolutions 2021. Uh, Steve Melching, Monday.
3: Monday is Cinema Paradiso.
0: Tuesday. Tuesday is Ordinary
1: People. Wednesday the second greatest film
2: of 1977, <laughs> Annie Hall.
0: You yeah, Nation Nationally being the first.
2: <laughs> well, right. I, w- I was going to say Sorcerer was a close second until I saw Annie
0: Hall. Whoa. I, I, it, Hall. I, oh. I love Sorcerer, dude. I'll buy that for a dollar. Thursday, it's Harold
2: and, Maude, also awesome.
0: ahead. Harold and Maude. And Friday, we ask you to weigh in with your thoughts for what New Year's resolution, what film, Have you, should you have seen that's in your blind spot that you're going to check out and watch and let us know? You pick the winner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 uh. So until next week, on behalf of Ashley, Steve, Darren, and myself, Mark Altman, we want to send a special uh, shout out and thank you to our sound engineer, Bill Ritter, who has been working so hard all year long to make us sound good, particularly Via Zoom, while we've been out of the studio and will continue to be out of the studio for the foreseeable future, our production coordinator, uh, Peter Holmstrom, our um, production uh, associate, um, Zach Raggitz, and of course our producer, Natalie Miscali. But uh, until next week, thanks for joining us. Eyewitness News starts now.
3: This week's episode is brought to you by Mega Dodo Productions, publishers of the Encyclopedia Galactica and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
0: Don't panic! This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production. Engineered by Bill Ritter for the Electric Surge Network.